Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Live from the Dean's Den, the Dean of Wrestling Referee Steve Kane, with Wrestling News, Wrestling Views, and Wrestling Reviews. Sit back. Pop a cold one and get ready for Live from the Dean's Den. Okay, now, um, all right, Lee, can you hear me? I can, yeah. Okay, all right, good, okay. Maybe it was on my end. All right, well, here we go. Um going to start out, uh, big, uh, big breaking story here that uh, literally just uh, came out about uh, 20 minutes before, before we hit air. Um, and that is that uh, John Moxley is now confirmed for Bloodsport Three. That would be fun. There you go. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, that definitely that has now definitely made this a uh, a must a must see event, whether it's whether for those of you who can uh, see it live, or um, if you're if you're watching it on uh, on uh, fight on the fight app, because uh, I mean this this lineup is really really set up. Um, we'd already known about uh, homicide, um, and now join and and Josh Alexander, and now joining Moxley. In that lineup is uh, Eric Hammer, Killer Kelly, Lindsey Snow, Grizzly Cal Jack, Chris Dickinson, Calvin Tankman, and this is the one that definitely surprises me, Lee. The uh, current Impact Knockouts champion, 
Deanna Perrazzo is on Bloodsport. Uh, wow. That'll be yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know, I know, you know, Perrazzo does uh, do a lot of uh, um, submission moves. I mean, remember that uh, double uh, um, sort of uh, chicken wing thing that uh, she did to uh, win the title from uh, Jordan Grace. But, uh, I mean, this is a, this is a one where knockouts are the other, are the other possible way of winning a match. So I'm just I'm just wondering is is Perazzo going to be willing to if necessary take a knockout loss and how would that and how would that look for a you know major company champion to do? Um. Yeah. Uh, you know, at, at, at the same time, it's a, a little different realm, you know? Uh, yeah. It's, it's quite different than, than I guess, uh, what we're used to seeing, you know? And, and right. you know, Bloodsport Blood 3, we already know Moxley's going to shine like crazy at this thing. Oh, yeah. But, uh, I mean, this, of course, we all know. Is right up his alley. Yeah, yeah. Um, so for her, it's surprising. Maybe she has something she wants to prove, or you know, maybe she just—I don't know. It's, a, it's an interesting draw, to say the least. Right. Yeah, I'm. I'm absolutely. I'm absolutely intrigued. I'm uh, waiting to see how these how these matchups are going to be are going to be put together for this. Um, oh, whether, whether at some point, um, there will be, uh, a possible, uh, mixed match in, in this, in this thing or not. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know how, uh, how, um, GCW management is going to, Go whether whether they'll go along with something like that or not, because yeah, it's got Josh Barnett's name on it, but it's still under the auspices of uh, of uh, Game Changer Wrestling. Mm-hmm. So, you know, hard to hard to tell hard to tell for sure. Where where they might where they might go with this? Uh, obviously, we'll have to uh, watch over the uh, next week or so because, of course, I mean we're we're talking this is this is coming up very very quickly. Um, I mean, this is only what like uh, in uh, in two in two weeks. If I'm let's see here, if I now let me let me. Uh, Pop up here on uh, Killer Kelly's to make sure that I, make sure that I have that uh, have that date right. I know that uh, they're yeah it's uh, it's uh well it's about um, three weeks away Sunday October 11th over in Indianapolis. So so that's gonna be that's gonna be that's gonna be a good one here. Um, Okay, so now 
uh, we'll go ahead with our uh, first uh, big spoiler here, and that is that Molina has apparently signed to return to WWE. Yeah, how interesting is that one? Yeah. She hasn't been with the company uh, since 2011, and she was recently with NWA, and now we're going to see her in WWE again. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's, a, it's, the odd, it's a very odd situation. And, of course, um, the other thing is, how are they going to put her on Raw, or would they potentially put her on SmackDown? Yeah, you have to you have to look very carefully because of course after all, who else is on SmackDown? Her ex. Yeah. John Morrison. John Morrison. <laughs> I was I was waiting for that question to be honest with you. I don't think they'd put her on SmackDown knowing the history between the two of them. I think that uh Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I think we'd run across some uh if they had those two on the on the show, we'd run across some like crazy antics like the bushwhackers or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, except of course that, that was yeah, you know, that was a gimmick. This would be for real. I mean I I mean yeah, I remember yeah. one time I the uh, when uh um she was doing a live periscope and <laughs> She went. She went into the medicine cabinet and pulled out the bottle of John's blue pill that he uses. <laughs> do are, do we do we really do we really want to do we really want to have the possibility of uh, that little that, uh, coming back up to? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know, Lee. Oh man, I uh, yeah, it's uh, I mean, I feel like they would put her on raw. the The raw ratings right now are lower than SmackDown. Uh, or you know, yeah. to combat combat with AEW, put her on NXT. I mean. Beth Phoenix is down there now on commentary. Wade Barrett is down there now on commentary. You've got right. the NXT Tag Team Champions, Breeze Dango, who were on the main roster. And you also have the NXT Champion, Finn Balor, who was on the main roster. So, right, you know, right. Triple H once and said that he would at... never... Go ahead. Go ahead, Triple H once said he would never take people from the main roster and put them on NXT. But, uh, you know, we're, we're seeing AEW with, with the ratings against NXT kind of put a little, little change in that. So, you know, they could put her on NXT or, um, I just don't see her going to SmackDown. I think they need, uh, someone like Melina to be on raw more more to speak mm-hmm. you know they they need 
and in general, they need more uh, female power, especially since yeah. Becky's out without. And they, they kind of really seem to be struggling with the women's division again, like they did prior to uh, the whole women's evolution and stuff like that. Yeah, it's, yeah. The, the women's division, at least on the Raw side, has really kind of suffered after, with uh, with Becky being gone. I mean, Asuka, you know, I, lo- I love her. I love her to death. She's a, you know, she is a, she's an excellent worker and that. But you have to you have to have people that can that can step up to step up to her level. And right now they don't have a lot of that. Um, I mean, yeah, they've got they've got Mickey James and that, but you know, um, who knows how much longer uh, she's going to stick around? I mean, well, Melina's coming in at a uh, at an at an advanced age too. I mean, they're both they're both forty one, um, and and Melina is five months older than Mickey is. And Asuka, I believe, is in her mid thirties, if I'm uh, if I'm remembering correctly. And um, I know I know Natty is uh, somewhere somewhere up in the up in the same age bracket as uh, as Melina and, and Mickey. So uh, you know, yeah, <laughs> and Lana Lana is you know. Lana might be younger, but Lana is not. I'm sorry, she is not really solid worker material. She's <laughs> no, she's be, She's honestly, she's better. She's better off in man as a manager, oh, as a mouthpiece, and that, and oh, this whole the. I mean, this whole thing. I mean, it, it definitely. When they, when they did the when they did the uh, split up angle between uh, her and uh, Miro Rusev, it it totally it totally screwed up it totally screwed up her character. It took her heat. Oh, I mean, it's just yeah. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's, what she had now is non-existent. No, but they've they've always kind of, you know, aside from Lana, you know, she's teaming with with Natty, and they, in my opinion, they've never given Nightheart the uh, the fair chance. I've always felt that, you know, she should be, For sure, you know, the women, you know, you know, she's on Raw. I feel like she should be the Raw Women's Champion or a Tag Team Champion. But mm. she's a great worker in everything, but. You know, they could have had great views between <laughs> You know, you know, of the, of the flair versus heart type yeah. rivalry they could have had because they're both second generation wrestlers and it just, it would have been uh, really cool to see like they, you know, Bring right. back Brett and, and, and Flair and stuff, you know, Rick and, and you know, have them be like the manager type things and even have them, you know, have their rivalry going again or something. 
But right, uh, I absolutely. Think, I think they dropped the ball, and as much as like Natty is probably some sort of like locker room leader, right. Unfortunately, being you know being teamed with Lana, she feels the negative effects of it too, which just kind of sucks. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and I don't know you know how much um, the uh, whole the whole situation with uh, with Miro having uh, moved over to AEW, how much an effect that's having on. on the creative end with, with her. Um, Nick Aldis talked about the fact that um, he was, he was, uh, he's had a uh, feud with uh, Bruce Pritchard for quite a while. And he's felt that um, Bruce is taking out his animosity towards, towards him, Nick on Mickey. And, that's always that's always really kind of bothered him, and that. Yeah. Hey Lee, which which I mean, number are you are you on here? Are you on the four one four one five or the five two nine? I'm a five two nine. Okay, I got okay. Then I'm going to mute the four one five because there was some extraneous noise coming through, and that. Uh, okay. Okay. All right. Good. That uh, that helps. So, yeah, but uh, get, but getting back to this, yeah, the, you know, Natty definitely, you know, deserves much better than um, she's been given over the years. No, no question about it. Um, so, it's a shame, it, you know, it, it really is, but. Uh... You know, you know, when it comes to the whole Lana, Miro, and, and Bruce Pitt- Pritchard thing, um, maybe Miro should just go over there and super kick Bruce. I would love to see that happen. I would honestly I mean, love to see that happen. But, I mean, in reality, let's, let's be honest. I mean, I'm I, all joking aside because I'm, I'm just joking around when I say stuff like that. But how many times right. have we seen it in the past where, you know, they break up a tag team, one partner leaves and goes to another company, and then the other partner stays and gets nothing, you know, gets jobbed out. Yeah. Or uh, the best example I can give, Brett goes to WCW, Bulldog and Nightheart follow him, and Owen Hart was, wasn't allowed to get out of his contract, and... I don't think he, he wasn't really jobbed out or anything, but they took him leaving. They took everybody else leaving out on him, and you see that when we get the blue blazer. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely you know quite. Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was a bad. It was a bad situation for uh, for Owen to be to be put in that to be put in that spot and that yeah um so okay now um second spoiler there's another UFC star that's hinting about breaking into the wrestling business but not in the way you might think and 
that is uh, Daniel Cormier. And yeah, he's what he he's expressed. Uh, yeah, go ahead. He he's expressed wanting to to get into WWE and uh, his last fight he retired from UFC. So I mean, but we we've also we've seen him on commentary and he's done a great job on that in UFC. So uh, who knows? You know, what's he want to do? That's actually. That well, funny that you funny that you should ask that. That's actually the way he wants to get in. He doesn't want to go oh. coming in as this ex UFC champion to uh, tear things up like Brock, like Ronda, and that he actually he actually wants to come in in on a commentary role. Oh wow! So, okay. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be great because the last UFC fighter we we've seen come in to the WWE was Cain Velasquez, and we all saw how that lasted. Right. You know, he ended up getting. Yeah. Well, he ended up, I believe, being one of the ones that were let go during the mass. Uh, right. He was. He was. He well. He. Realistically, he shouldn't have been there to begin with. He had he had a screwed up knee. He had a he had a screwed up knee going back to when he did uh, Triple Mania Twenty uh, Five when he was in the uh, in the six band with um, with Cody and that he was he really he needed knee surgery before he even did that so um you know he at least he at least managed to stay to get his knee surgery covered whether you know whether he goes you know back to uh triple a or tries to make it in back in with wwe I don't know. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to wait and see about that one. So, um, now, um, now, if now everybody was wondering, probably last Monday or this past Monday, about that uh, um, situation with the uh, um, with the Mickey James Oscar match. Yeah. And yeah, that did that. That looked that looked a little confusing, didn't it? Uh, to say the least. Well, yes. Okay. Well, Mickey um, went on uh, Talk Sport with uh, Alex McCarthy, and um, this is and this is what uh, she had to say about everything that happened. Um, I honestly don't know. I rolled back to count. One, two, there was no count. So she obviously went to go and lock back in the Oscar lock. And I think in those moments, here's the thing. It is a dangerous sport. We have to be very careful. The refs do their job, and kind of their job is to protect us and make sure it never goes too far or no one ever gets hurt. So he made his decision based on what he thought was a reality that I was hurt or I couldn't continue, and that's unfortunate for me. I felt like I could continue, and it's an unfortunate loss. But 
it's not a real loss. Let's face it. It was the final decision. Um, what can what can I do except go in there and throw a fit on Monday? And she goes on and she talks about this. It says She says, in that moment, it's very hard for them to tell whether you were hurt or not. It can't just be his call either. It must have been whoever thought I was hurt. They're just trying to protect me and keep me safe because concussions are a real thing. What we do as a sport is very dangerous. So if somebody gets a concussion, not only can they not wrestle for the rest of that match, but they could possibly never wrestle again depending on how bad it is. Same with football. So we have to be careful with that, and I get it. It was unfortunate for me and Sinky, but I'm fine. My nose hurts a little bit from the knee lift, I'll be honest. And she uh, apparently laughed a little bit. Uh, so so apparently, you know, and of course, uh, yeah, any, anybody who knows, um, who watches WWE and watches on the camera angles, knows, yeah, the referees have an earpiece. And... They're, and and they are getting they are getting calls from the back from uh, whoever is the producer of the match. And if Vince is and if Vince is there, Vince is back. We'll make calls too. So, uh, you know, I mean, we got We got to fit. We got to take the chance and guess this that um, you know, either Vince or whoever was the. Um, Agent for that match happened to happened to see what was going on. Didn't like didn't like how it looked and told the referee to call it. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, to be honest, even though it, it was an awkward finish and in in everything, and it came off looking very funny. Uh, to us, because we were confused as fans, not knowing what was going on. Right. Even though, even though whoever was in the back should really get the Barry Horowitz pat on the back for that, you know, because they mm-hmm. were looking out for her in her best interest. Right. Right. I mean, you know, this is. I mean, you know, hey, this is the thing. I mean, these, you know, they all have they all have wives outside of outside of here and uh of course you know i mean mickey has a has a has a young son and that and while she's in a while she's in a pretty comfy spot where she where she does you know one night a week right now one night a week goes home and you know that that's it she just you know goes to the gym and works out or works out at home, and she does that. Meanwhile, you know, Nick obviously has to has to barnstorm in order to in order to make a help make a living, so that they can so that they can get through. And that, yeah. So I mean, yo, know, it's yeah. So yeah, obviously they have to, you know. The producers, the refs, everybody, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a tough job being in that, being in that striped shirt. Everybody, everybody thinks, okay, yeah, they're, you know, the referees are pretending, okay. The voice of experience here telling you it's not a hundred percent play acting. 
we are actually doing a job in there. We are we're not only in some cases calling the match for the for the guys. We're the ones that are making sure that nothing goes wrong, or if it does go wrong, that uh, we that we get it stopped right away. And that's and that's something that's something that uh, you know I think I think a lot of people don't uh, necessarily understand. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh. There's, there's a lot. There's a lot um, more going on in that ring than we we think when we're watching it. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you know, I'm I you know I'm I mean I sit here like I say as someone who has done it for over for over a quarter century, and even and even you know. I don't always catch everything, and yet I'm yet you know I mean, it's, okay, it's like the it's like the magician who um, you know watches another magician. Mm-hmm. He might know he might generally know how the illusion is done, but even even the best can be fooled. I mean, hey, Penn and Teller made an entire show out of it. Uh, yeah, finding trying to find magicians that could uh, even fool them, and there and there have been a few. Yeah. So, yeah. Um. Anyway. Yes. Yes. Um. So. Um. Getting back. Getting back to uh, the collective. And their um, for the culture card that we talked about uh, match was another match was announced uh, today, and uh, this one this one's pretty big for uh, for multiple reasons. Um, now, um, uh, Lee, Lee Moriarty, who is uh from not only GCW but he works in uh um New Japan. He also works in uh DDT wrestling. Um but he will be he will be facing the man who um I talked about uh a week or two ago because he was the guy that used the expression for the culture as a tab against what he considered to be a racist environment at WWE, and that is none other than ACH. Oh, man. Yeah. That's interesting. Has he done anything since the whole claiming WWE is all full of racists or anything? Well, I mean, I've, it's I, kind, I've it's seen kind him of like, an odd situation. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, I, I've seen him ranting on Twitter quite a bit when when the whole release thing was happening and the whole T-shirt 
thing and all. But honestly, I've right. since then I haven't really heard, I haven't really heard from heard his name or anything. So, uh, you know, here he's I don't know if he's wrestled since then or anything, but to hear he's getting back in the ring is pretty pretty cool to hear. Right. Well, here's well here's what here's here's what's happened. Here's what his history was um, since since that since that whole thing happened. Um, he got signed by uh, Major League Wrestling. Worked mm-hmm. one show. Walked out, and declared that he was retired. From, oh, from okay. wrestling completely. All right. Now, um, apparently, this was uh, possibly due to some uh, mental health issues. Um, he definitely um, he has apparently uh, a uh, case of uh, bipolar um, combined with uh, combined with uh, clinical depression. Okay. That uh, that makes a lot of sense because uh, he definitely had some irrational behaviors and ways of thinking and stuff. So, um, at least he knows, and hopefully, taking the proper medication and doing better than what he was. I'm guessing Steve's not here, so um, I don't know what happened, folks, but I'm going to talk about what my favorite move is. You there? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, for some for some uh, unexplained reason, uh, Skype just uh, completely dropped out. So I'm uh, – so now I'm having to use my phone to go ahead and get back in. So um, – so whatever you were starting to talk about, you go ahead and, and run with it, and I'll just uh, I'll just follow your lead. All right. All I was gonna when I realized you were gone, all I was gonna uh, let fans know that we're listening. What my favorite finishing move was, and that is the super kick. Ah, yes, the super kick. Oh. Go back. I go back to Chris Adams with that thing. My gosh. I was just about to say, gentlemen, Chris Adams. That. Yeah. As far as I know, he was one of the first ones to be using it. Yep, that's right. That's right. Back in back in the uh, days of uh, World Class Championship Wrestling. So he he used it, and it was such a such an interesting kick to see, and then. As we all know how the rest of it goes, Shawn Michael is the one who kind of made it famous. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so, yeah, so then Michaels goes on. Um, Dolph Ziggler has wound up up using it. uh, And, of course, uh, the Young Bucks with uh, their super kick party. so yeah, so that so the move has really uh, you know um, kind of come. Well, let's I I would I would say that the super kick is the modern day version of the of 
the uh, Jim Brunzel drop kick. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. And let's see here. Oh, I'm. And I'm forgetting here that uh, I still, although. Uh, okay. Okay. This is kind. Of, this is kind of weird. I've got. Uh, I got. I've got. Uh, I've got my headset on because we're. St- I'm still streaming this on YouTube while I'm having to use the telephone to actually uh actually run this thing. So oh my god. Okay, what a what a weird what a weird night this is. But um well, Steve, you want you want to hear you want to hear a couple other things of news while you're trying to get yourself back on track. Today on Twitter. <laughs> okay, yeah. Today on Twitter. Today on Twitter, the boogeyman teased a WWE return. Oh, really? Oh yeah! Wow! How about that, it was it was a photo of the WWE logo, and under that was a photo of uh, his eyes with with the face paint and everything, and the the colored contacts that he wears and stuff. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Wow. All right. I'll have to. Yeah. I'll have to. I'll have to go. I'll have to go back over to Twitter when we get uh, done tonight and uh, and check that out. And it got me speaking uh, of the 2015 Royal Rumble when he made his return in at number seven and Bray Wyatt was in the ring. And the crowd Mm. went nuts for that. Now, I I had posted from my podcast, Perched on the Top Rope, um, a, a, a Photoshopped photo of the Fiend and the Boogeyman in the same ring together in like a stare off. Oh. And now that would that got, would be wild. Yeah, yep, go ahead. And it got me thinking it got me thinking how in two thousand fifteen in that Royal Rumble we only got like a forty five second tease of the two of them in the ring together. I wanna see that as a feud or I wouldn't mind seeing a stable of the Fiend, Boogeyman, Alexa Bliss, and call up Damien Priest and make a uh, faction together with them for. Oh, that would that would be interesting. The the only thing that scares me though, um, with the possibility of uh, bringing bringing him up, did um, as we were talking about last night, um, they're already saying they don't have any solid plans for Keith Lee. Oh. How sad is they, that? That is, and they and they and they don't even have and they don't have any plans for Mandy Rose, and they just moved her from SmackDown to Raw. Here, here's my thing I mean, with WWE on uh-huh. some of this stuff. If you don't have plans for them, then why did you call Keith yeah. Lee up? Put him back. Have him go back down to NXT. They just did that with Austin Theory. I don't see an issue with it. Two, right. Andy Rose. Right. If, if if that's the case and you don't have plans for her with all the freaking writers that you have, why did you split her and Sonya Deville up anyway? Why would, you know, as much as they're pushing, they're going to push Peyton Royce and it's already kind of been confirmed they have nothing for Billy Kay. 
I get wanting to push Peyton yeah. as a singles competitor, but why can't you push her as a singles competitor and a tag team? There's no reason why you couldn't. She doesn't – back – you know this, Steve. You've been in the business for a long time. Back mm-hmm. in the day, you could have you could have a feud with somebody, whether as a tag team or as a singles competitor, and still have matches in between with other wrestlers and have it still have nothing to do with the feud, but the feud could still right. go on. And, and that would spread the feud out instead of jumping a feud from pay-per-view to pay-per-view to pay-per-view – you could stretch that feud out for a couple of months. Yeah, you know, have exactly. You know, they have 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 the have have a singles competitor. I'm just going to spew out a name like Keith Lee, feud with mm-hmm. Seth Rollins on the roster. Perfect. All right, great setup. Mm-hmm. They have, you know, they 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 start the initial feud going in, and have one match. It doesn't have to be a pay per view. It yep. can be on Raw or whatever. Right. The following the following week, say Keith Lee has a match with a Randy Orton. Mm-hmm. That doesn't have to get involved with the match or this or that. He they could show him, you know, they could go to a camera having him watch on the monitor, or have him come out on the stage and maybe interfere, things like that. We don't really yeah. get that. Or just anymore. or just be standing there watching. Yeah, we don't get that. Like much I've anymore. got my eye on you. Yeah. No, you don't. No, you don't. Um, you know, in the promotions I've worked in, uh, we did we did a lot of that kind of stuff where we would have a uh, future opponent, um, you know, come on come on out and just stand there and watch and watch the uh, guy that they're eventually going to be wrestling, and that and you know. And it and it was and it was always it always made for a um, you know great great bit of drawing heat and that done right I mean you know come on you know work it work it so. yeah and you know what the other thing they they would do too that used to go on. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that you always had just one feud going on. You could have one. Or you could have two feuds going on at the same time. Right. You know, I, I, like that's like another thing that's pre- that that you know was kind of big during the golden era, like the early '90s and stuff like that. You don't see that anymore. You know, prime example mm. is look at like look at when LOD came into the WWF. They didn't just feud with one right. tag team at a time. They feuded. They feuded with multiple tag teams at a time because at, at that time they had such great depth in the tag team division. There was so many tag teams, you know, that would, you know, were so close to being that number one contender, or, you know, so they would they would face, you know, like LOD would take on the Nasty Boys one week, but being in a feud with the Natural Disasters because they're the ones who have the tag belts. And so right. they've got like a mini, feud. they've got a mini feud going on leading up to the big feud with the natural disasters. So they could have the match with mm-hmm. the nasty boys and the natural, natural disasters interfere. Uh, then, you know, they could have that match the following week on superstars where mm-hmm. Hawk takes on Typhoon and animal takes on one of the nasty boys, but then the nasty boys uh, jump, Hawk and this and that, you know, so they could do that. You don't see that right. anymore either. 
No, no, no. WWE has you know, broken it down to pay-per-view to pay-per-view. And they have they have actually they have shortened the attention span of the wrestling fan. Yeah, uh, because look at how I mean, long guys look at the long lengths of title runs that happened during you know the seventies with Bruno San Martino. He was he held it for eight years. Another right. one who held it for five, six, seven years, however many, you know, they were lengthy runs. Now you're lucky right. if now we consider it a a celebration for someone to hold a belt for a year if they're lucky to hold exactly. it that long. Like that, the WWE that's exactly. like now too long. Right, right, exactly. I mean, you know, I grew up with I grew up with the AWA. I, I mean, I think I think in uh, in in total time there was maybe about. Nine months out of all the years that I was watching it, from the time I found it in 1971 until until it actually shut down in uh, in the 90s, where it was either Vern Gagne or Nick Bockwinkel as champion. There were you know there were there was the uh, there was the uh, Short run of uh, the late Otto Vance, um, Jumbo Saruta had a had a short uh, run with it. Of course, um, there was the uh, last run, real run with the belt, which was uh, um, Stan Hansen. Although although technically the last champion was uh, for his son-in-law Larry Zabisco, mm-hmm. but. Yo, know, still, they were they were lengthy runs, and it was very very. Yo, know, I mean, it, it was a big it was a big thing, and usually a title change happened like in St. Paul. It was very rare to have a title change outside of the St. Paul Civic Center, just like uh, just like yo, know, Madison Square Garden was where almost all the title changes happened. If uh, if something happened in the uh, over in the spectrum, yo boy, wow, that was that was a major surprise, and that. So, yeah. you know, it was it was quite it was quite the deal. It was quite the deal. So, um, well, now um, Saturday, this. Uh, um, Early early this morning, um, for uh, everybody in the states, 4 a.m. Eastern time um, is the beginning of the uh, G1 Climax tournament, and the uh, and the li- and the lineup for and the lineup for uh, this for this show is uh, is really is really pretty good. Um, you're going to have in a uh, in a non-tournament match will be uh, um, Yoda Suji against Yuya um, Uemura. <clears throat> then and then the uh, all the A block matches, which will be um, Will Osprey against uh, Yujiro Takahashi, um, 
Jeff Cobb mm-hmm. will be facing uh, Tai Chi. Uh, Tomohiro Ishii will be facing Minoru Suzuki. Uh, Shingo Takaki will be facing uh, Jay White. And then uh, Kazukichi Okada will be facing uh, Kota Ibushi. Okay. So, um, yeah. And, of course, that all that all uh, goes on to uh, New Japan World, um, with Japanese commentary, at least. Um not uh not sure at this point when the uh when the uh English feed commentary is is going to be. But um there's but there's some definitely some interesting interesting breakdowns on on these on the two blocks here and that. Um as to as to uh, other as to other uh, matchups that uh are going to happen down the road on this. Um, and I'll pop this up here real quick so that uh, get some so they get some info up as to who is going to be uh, facing who or who potentially could be facing who later on down the line here. Um, Now they now uh Takahashi might be might be the surprise might be the surpriser. Um he might he might get one win. Um very likely uh probably probably not. Um now uh, the big match for uh Will Osprey is uh gonna be on uh, day seventeen of the tournament is uh which is when which is when he'll be facing Okada, and I think that's I think that's going to be a real um, solid hard hard hitting uh, hard hitting match. Um, now uh, for Jeff Cobb, Jeff Cobb will probably at some point uh, face Okada, which that match is going to, oh my God, that match is going to be stiff as all get out. I mean, I can just, <laughs> I can, I can already hear the, uh, the uh, chops and, and uh, forearm smashes coming across on this one. Oh God. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Those are, those are going to be some uh, sword shots for sure. Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. Exactly. I wouldn't want. I wouldn't want to be either one's chest on uh, the the day after that one. Um, now, uh, now, um, now, uh, Tai Chi um, will probably at some point um, go up against um, uh, Minoru Suzuki of uh, Suzuki Gun, and then. Uh, at some point, he will he will probably also uh, be facing Ishii on that. Um, now uh, Suzuki, they're they're figuring his two his two biggest matches in the tournament are going to be the ones that he goes against Takata and uh, the one against uh, Shingo Takagi, and then um, 
with the with the uh, match with Taichi being a uh, uh, one as far as who will who will actually uh, you know prevail in that one. Um, yeah. You so, there? I'm here. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah, I was losing the egg. Oh, okay. Oh man, this is this is this is a guy this is a rough night, folks. Um But uh yeah, it's I definitely I'm definitely looking forward to well oh, I I I will see I will see this later. I am not going to be uh at uh, at 3 a.m. my time to watch this, no matter what. <laughs> um, and then uh, and then uh, let's see here. Okay, um, and then the B block, uh, um, Toro Yano. Um, he's the he's the guy they think it possibly will be uh, the one who runs the uh, upsets on this. Um, then of course uh, Yoshihashi, who was the was the one person who uh, pinned uh, Kenny Omega in the 2016 tournament. Um, and then he'll also at some point he'll be he'll be facing his own partner uh, Hiroki Goto. Um, then you then uh, then you've got uh, Sonata. Um, He'll be he'll be at some point uh, facing off against uh, both uh, Naito and Evil. Um, Zack Saber Jr. Um, will probably uh, run up at some point against uh, um, against Naito. That's going to be a good match. Juice, right, right. Um, uh, Juice Robinson also uh, at some point uh, will face uh, not only Naito, but he'll be facing his uh, partner uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Now the one now the one thing that he's got on his on his record is he is the person who eliminated John Moxley last year. Yeah, and I mean, I'm. I'm in the back of my head, every time I hear Juice Robinson's name, I just kind of think how WWE really dropped the ball with him when they had him. Mm-hmm. You know, and now here he is in New Japan, and he is shining and flourishing. And I can't wait yeah. for that match. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Gonna, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be looking a lot of this stuff here. After after it come after it comes out, um, and then uh, and then uh, Goto um, uh, through in the tournament at some point will be facing uh, both uh, Tanahashi and Naito, and then uh, and then uh, of course uh, um, Kenta Kobayashi. Uh, it's he might he might wind up. He might wind up facing Naito, and then of course uh, Evil. Um, and you and you wonder possibly 
would evil wind up going um, across the ring from Jay White? Ow. That, because that's going to... That's going to be an interesting storyline. What are they going to do with the Bullet Club now that Jay White is back? Ooh. Yeah. 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 It's going to, it's going to be, yeah. <laughs> I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Um. I'm wait. I'm waiting to see what they what they come up with for this. Yeah. So. All right. Well, we've we've hit our we've hit our hour time, and uh, you know, as as weird as this thing has been, it's you know probably best to yeah to go ahead and go and go off this. I just uh, saw that uh, the video is disconnected, so we're gonna go ahead and. Get ready to get ready to call this tonight. So, uh, Lee, uh, have yourself a great week, and uh, we'll we'll talk this week. And uh, you know, I mean, you if you want to be if you want to be on here next week, you know you're you know you're welcome. I mean, you can basically consider yourself a co-host, and that. So, and you can check right. out Lee also at uh, at uh, sportskita.com dot com and perched on the top rope his own podcast. Um, and uh, I am the Dean Steve Kane. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to Live from the Dean's Den. Live from the Dean's Den comes to you every Friday night at 10 p.m. Eastern on Blog Talk Radio on Evolution Radio Network. Replays can be found on Anchor FM, Spotify, iTunes, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.